1: From Georgia Public Broadcasting, we are back with On Second Thought and Virginia Prescott. Earlier this year, Macon Big County's Curtis Jones was named National School Super- Superintendent of the Year. Now, another Georgia ed- educator is at the top of her class. Maybe you could teach me how to speak, Tarolyn. <laughs> Tarolyn Rivers Cannon works with students at Booker T. Washington High School and Fickett Elementary School in Atlanta. She's also president of the School Social Workers Association of Georgia, and now she's not only the the 2019 National School Social Worker of the Year, but also the first Georgian and first African-American to win the national award. Well, now that summer is out, school is out for the summer, Tara Lynn Rivers Cannon has time to join us in the studio. So welcome, and first,
0: congratulations. Thank you so much, and I greatly appreciate you having me here this morning.
1: Well, I'd love to hear about what you do. What is it that makes the National School Social Worker of the Year? Why do you think, or why did the committee say you were singled out?
0: Innovative thoughts, creative, and always trying my very best to be motivational and inspirational to my colleagues, doing all of those things, and having Georgia, as well as national platforms, understand and know what school social workers actually do. Mm. So what were you doing when you found out you had the award nationally? Actually, I was driving home one evening, and um, I heard the phone ring. And then I got to the light and I stopped and I looked for information and I said, wow, now this is really not real. So I immediately turned and pulled to the side because, of course, Legally the joy parked. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I want to make that point very clear that I did turn and get off of the street uh, to read it a little bit more clearly. And one of the individuals who nominated me, Dr. Jacqueline Brown, who's on the executive board committee, along with another individual who nominated me, Pamela Jimerson, I said, "This is not real. This is a mistake." Um, so Dr. Brown sent an email immediately to confirm, and she said, "No, this is real." Oh wow. So I was just still in awe, very much so, and I'm still in awe because it's such an humbling honor. To have this award, it truly, truly is, and to represent your state and, as you shared, being the first. Because that portion of it, I had no idea that that was going to come with it until I actually got down to Orlando. Well, congratulations
1: again. Uh, You didn't always want to be a social worker. What did you want to be when
0: you were growing up? An attorney. Really?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you are litigating things
0: in your own way, I suppose, now. But how did you become interested in social work? I became interest in social work from my aunt, Katie Mae Tindall, who was a social work professor. And uh, she would come home during the holidays and summers and always talk talk to me about social work. And I would look at her and I'd say, no, that's not for me, as we were sitting in my grandmother's home in Savannah, Georgia. But it just intrigued me so just to see and listen to her, not only speak with her students, but just the advocacy piece of it. And engaging in that and standing up for the rights of those who could not speak or have a voice for themselves, that empowerment piece is such a phenomenal piece of what we do as school social workers. Each year she came home, I was a junior in high school, I said, no, no, but my chair moved from the end of the table to right next to her and her sharing with me, you need to learn the language, the jargon, the vernacular. And I'm just looking at her like, hmm. But here I am. Hmm. So, what kind of language? What kind of
1: jargon? What kind of things was she talking about? Were challenges for her?
0: It was the advocacy piece, of course, and advocating for kids or for four people who were in need. Advocating for children. Yeah, um, because she advocated for her students, but more so throughout her career, she advocated for children and families as well. So that was a huge piece that really, you know, it really sunk in and really got to me very deeply. Um, along with being a part of the organizations on the state level as well as the national level. That is so very imperative that you become a part of those organizations because if we're not working together to have a voice with one another, then we can't expect individuals to turn the volume up, so to speak, to hear what it is that we truly have to say. Well, your aunt was an undergrad professor. Was she? Was she tough on you? Absolutely. I can recall when I finally graduated high school, And then went to college, Voorhees College in Denmark, South Carolina, where she was actually a professor. And um, I thought taking her class was going to be a breeze. But quickly, very quickly, I found out that, no, absolutely not. I was put in the very front of the class and having to do a presentation. And that let me know that this was my first and my very last time trying to get over in my aunt's class. (laughs)
1: well getting over is a natural thing that certainly kids want to do it must be something that you face all the time you know they they haven't learned their limbic their systems brain systems haven't fully formed let's say it's a kind of a bumpy road from the from the frontal lobe to the back of the brain for kids so not always making the
0: right kind of decisions how do you encourage them in that on that bumpy road i definitely listen to their stories and what they have to say um being school social workers, we're never dismissive to what our children have to share, and that's what makes our profession so unique because we have the opportunity and that specific skill set to look at the child holistically. So that door, when that door is open and they first enter those classrooms or enter the doors of the school and those issues and concerns come up, we are able to look at everything that's going on. We know that issues that they're going through or pebbles in the rolls, as I like to call them, it's such so much more than the surface. So being in this role, it definitely provides us with that opportunity. And furthermore, it allows us an opportunity to share with our colleagues and administrators and teachers and all of those who are working within the school system, you know, the educational stakeholders. It allows us and affords us with that opportunity to share that information because not only are we working with a child, we're working with those individuals as well. And I say that because we provide training. To them as well
1: so what kind of uh, you had to go through your own educational process and I'd love to talk about that a little bit because you were a single mother at this time managing two jobs while working on your degree once you decided that's what you wanted to do how did you personally stay
0: motivated and get over those little pebbles in the road and, and did you ever catch up on sleep I caught up on sleep when I could <laughs> But my main focus was to get through school and finish. Um, you know, a lot of times when individuals see a young woman who's a teenage mother and there's always a preconception as to what's going on. So I would use that as my fuel and changing those can'ts into cans. And that's a statement that I so love because we cannot look at things and know that what you see on the surface is what the end result is going to be. And that's what I share with my students. Just because you started here doesn't mean that you have to finish there. Well, when you have so many students that you're dealing with, you and your colleagues, they're looking at,
1: you know, thousands of kids in some schools, hundreds in others, and you're meeting them for the first time, how do you keep yourself from making that first judgment, from thinking, oh, teen mother,
0: I I know her story? And that is how I do it. Each day, I pray for humility, and I'm thankful for the blessings that I have been given and afforded to me. So therefore, it allows me to be in a position to say, this could be you or this could be your child. And that's how I go in each and every day doing school social work, knowing that this could possibly have been me. But someone provided me with an opportunity, which was my aunt and my family as well. But for me, a strong guiding force was her and the work that she did and listening to all of that. So each time a student or a family member comes into my office, I'm that's the mindset that I have. Do you actually have time with them to develop those relationships? We do have time. And it's interesting that you would ask that question. Um, One of the things that we are working on is to try to get the student to school social work ratio down. Mm -hmm. Right now in the state of Georgia, it's one school social worker to 2475 students, Mm -hmm. which is Mind-boggling. Yeah, You know, when I think about that number, I have to take a a moment and breathe and reflect. Because as I speak with my colleagues across the state of Georgia and on a national level when we come together, um, but specifically here in Georgia, we some of my colleagues have seven schools that they're covering. And to have seven schools as one school social worker, we definitely have to get those numbers down. Right. How can you possibly get to know people inside of that situation? We are doing the best that we can with that. Um, We are looking at all cases, taking the view fully when we're doing that. We are buddying with our counterparts within the school system. But just to think about if our numbers could be decreased, how much more could we do on top of what it is that we're already doing? And that's why I'm so, you know, humbled and and glad to have the opportunity today to be able to share this information because I want each and every school social worker across the state of Georgia to know and understand that this is where we all need to be. We need to be working together as a team. Come on aboard and be a part. My guest is Terilyn
1: Rivers Cannon. She's recently named National School Social Worker of the Year. She's president of the School Social Workers Association of Georgia, and she works with kids at Washington High School and Fickett Elementary Schools in Atlanta. By the way, you started out as a medical social worker, right? I did. And so that was in Savannah. Did you have a, was there a light bulb moment
0: or a gradual realization that you really wanted to work with kids? It, well, I've always wanted to work with children, but becoming a medical social worker, Uh, That was not my first choice, but, you know, things kind of fall into place Mm -hmm. at the right moments and the right times. I was looking for a school social work position, but looking for school social work, it is a hard field to break into, for one thing. So once you get there, you definitely want to lay a, a great foundation, but medical social work still ties into it because of all the issues that we face, when we we're looking at our children and trauma and understanding the medications and things like that that they're on, everything fell into place as it should. Mm-hmm. So those two are closely related. And now you've
1: been with Atlanta Public Schools for more than a decade. What is that day-to-day
0: experience for you and your colleagues and, and how are you're helping kids at Washington High School? Well, day to day, when I come in, I'm hoping to be able to check my emails to see what has transpired or occurred the day before, but that doesn't always happen. And it doesn't always happen because there are times when issues of concerns have occurred overnight. So that email checking turns into, what can I do to assist? And let's see what's going on with this child or this family. We may come in and someone stops you at the door when you're arriving and say to you, I know that you just arrived, but I really need to share this information with you. Mm -hmm. So we walk that walk with them when we're faced with those issues of concern. So the kids who are going through difficulties can be seen, so to speak. Absolutely. As soon as they come in the door, you know, once that bell rings and they get settled down, we're addressing those issues immediately. Well, as a president of the School Social Workers Association of the
1: state, how about around the state? What kind of challenges do students face? Like, are
0: urban and rural problems alike? They are different, but alike. And when I say that, uh, when you are coming from urban you know, it, the variety is more and a bit wider when you're looking at the issues. Um, you're not always able to get to the meat of what's going on. And then, of course, when you're in those rural areas, it's almost like a taboo, don't tell anybody about what's going on in our families. Mm-hmm. So you have to build up that security or safety net for your students. And that's what we do as school social workers. We want them to know that we're not here you know, knocking on doors for attendance. We are not here to take your child away or separate your family. That is far from what it is that we really want to do with the work that we're doing. So therefore, we're building and laying that foundation. A lot of the issues that my counterparts face, as well as myself, we're talking about mental health, and that is such a hot topic right now. Because when you really think about it overall in society today, everything ties into mental health. Mm. When we look at, you know, the human sex trafficking, when we look at the homelessness, the bullying, all of those things are a percentage of trauma that that child goes through. And we are here as the leaders in that field to address those
1: issues. Well, and now that the new mental health screening programs are been, have been signed into law by uh, uh, by Governor Kemp, that could all change. But I'm wondering about, like, even the motivation. Social work is an exhausting job, obviously, Thank, often thankless for many people. And you talked about the high ratio of, of students to social workers, most of them earning less than $50,000 a year. That's the Bureau of Labor Statistics we got that figure from. Yet to be part of the profession, you have to have graduate degrees. So you're saddled with debt in many cases. Can you talk about that and some of the other challenges of being a social worker and what you think needs to happen to make it a more sustainable career path?
0: I always say that we are called to do this. It's not by chance that we're in this field. So you definitely have to have a love for the profession in itself. A great thing that would help us, or if we're talking about equations and solutions, getting that ratio down would, would definitely help us and retain more in the field, definitely. Um, you know, getting the well-deserved pay raises to have us positioned in the right way. Because as a school social worker, we are certified MSW-degreed individuals, and you cannot come into the school system doing this work with less than that. So when we look at that, that is a lot of training that goes into the work that we do. Well, it's, uh, as you
1: mentioned, alluded to, we Governor Kemp campaign on raising teacher pay in Georgia. And when we spoke with the National School Superintendent of the Year, Curtis Jones, he said that, that was a good first step. But teachers and social workers and other staff in Macon, as he were talking about, need more support. So as, as president of the School Social Workers Association of Georgia, what do you say to social workers in the state, what do they most need from our lawmakers?
0: That year to listen. Uh, we had an opportunity during my uh, first year to go and have a legislative day at the Capitol, which was very impactful. And although we started off with a small group, our voices were loud. And not speaking on the state Capitol State floor volume, just meaning loud to share what our views were. And we had the opportunity to have some of the you know, our senators to come by and stop and share words. So we were right there on the south wing in the center of the floor, and that provided such a great opportunity. At that time, we also had a resolution done that was read on the state floor. Now, this past year, we were provided with another opportunity to host that. Once again, our numbers were larger. So it's just pushing out that information and sharing to our legislators what we stand for. You, not, you don't need to look any further because you have a group of professionals, highly skilled and certified with unique skills that can provide all of those things. And being at the Capitol this past year, we did make great gains because there again, we had a resolution read at the educational subcommittee where Senator Renee Utterman read it for us. And then I had the opportunity to speak with them as well. So that was truly impactful. We're making the gains. We just have to continue on as to what we're doing and just getting those ears and letting them know that the volume is up, all right, and it's going to keep going up
1: with National School Social Worker of the Year, Terilyn Rivers Cannon. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you so much for having me. She works with students at Washington High School and Thicket Elementary Schools in Atlanta and, of course, with social workers across the state. Music for today's show from Brass Buttons by Nursery. We'll be back tomorrow with more of On Second Thought from GPB.